spoiler alert. This is a Dissecting Dexter podcast, reviewing Dexter Season 5. There will be plot information for Season 5, and possibly previous seasons. You have been warned. Hi everyone, welcome back to Dissecting Dexter. I'm Gareth Watkins and I've got a mixture of emotions today, having just watched the season 5 finale last night. It's sad that we've got 9 months with no Dexter, but we've got a pretty good season to look back on and what I thought was pretty exciting and emotional finale to dissect. Fan reaction so far seems a little mixed and we'll get to the reasons why, but for the end of the season I wanted to do something a bit different to the usual me talking and doing a straight episode review. But firstly, although this is the Season 5 finale podcast, there's still opportunity for you to get your feedback in. I may do another podcast in due course going through it. Dissectingdexter at gmail.com is the email address, or the listener lines in the US, it's 206 350 And in the UK, it's 0844 579 6949. And the enter mailbox ID 08320. So, although Season 6 is on the way, it won't be here until later next year, but don't despair, you'll still get your Dexter fix. I will be going back to the Season 1 rewatch and picking up where we left off, so there's good reason to stay subscribed to the iTunes feed. But for tonight, I'm happy to be joined by two guests. First is a good friend who longer-term listeners will remember from the Season 5 preview podcast that I did in early September. He's the host of the Filmless podcast and a co-host on the new Podtourage podcast. That's a lot of pods, but we'll get there. He's Solo. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Gareth. A pleasure to be dissecting Season 5 Dexter with you. Thank, thanks for coming back on. It's good to have you back. And also... Joining me is another good friend from the US who has been a supporter of the Dissecting Dexter podcast from almost the very beginning, and his encouragement and feedback has been much appreciated. So I'm very happy to welcome him to the show now. Matt Cook, how are you doing? Good, good. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be on the podcast. Great. Thanks. Thanks for joining me. Um, so before we uh, get into the finale, uh, just a brief word, the, the news the news on the wires over the last 24, 48 hours, you, you may already know, is uh, the sad news that Michael C. Hall and Jennifer Carpenter are to get divorced. Um, apparently, they'd been separated for a while. Uh, and a source, there's always a source, isn't there, uh, said they'd not been getting on very well on set this season. Um, so I thought that was a little sad news and, and interesting now to look back on uh, season five and their scenes together. Um and perhaps the significance of Hall taking his wedding ring off at the end of uh, the finale, uh, that, that takes on a new meaning. So um, I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll agree that's uh, sad news to hear that. Um, OK, so as usual, uh, I like to uh, just briefly go over the ratings for the episode uh, that we're going to be talking about. So uh, we'll do that now. This was the... Um, Overall, season five was the highest rated season, viewer-wise. The finale got two and a half million viewers for its nine o'clock airing and an extra 400,000 at 11 o'clock. Uh, and that's uh, 40% more viewers on the season five premiere. Um, so you can imagine Showtime are, are pretty ecstatic with the, the numbers this year. And uh, indeed, the uh, 
oh, the name's completely gone for me. <laughs> the, the guy who announced the uh, uh, the renewal at Showtime last week, uh, he, he was saying about the numbers and the, the success of this season. Uh, so, so that that's all good. And, and as we know, there's uh, season six on the horizon. Um, right, guys. So the finale. Uh, personally, my instant reaction was uh, positive. I enjoyed it. It was. Uh, I think there was enough emotional content in there. But uh, thinking about it now, I think it perhaps is similar to my reaction coming out of the lost finale that the the emotion of it sort of overtook me and it was only once the dust had settled a little bit you know after i'd slept on it uh that i started to think about some of the negative points uh but overall uh my my feeling is is very positive um how about you guys heath well yeah i it's funny you're right about the emotional uh, aspect. But first, before I say that, I had no idea they're splitting up. This is breaking news for me. <laughs> so, because I, ever since I found out they were married, I always watched their chemistry and were like, oh my gosh, they're married. They play that so well. Now to know that they were having troubles, oh my gosh, that's like, wow. Because I thought they did a good job considering they probably hate each other now. <laughs> well, from what, from what I gather, the uh, the split is amicable, so um, okay. so that's good. But uh, apparently, well, it sounds like there's been a bit of awkwardness on set, uh, which isn't surprising. But at least they don't have to be. Uh, they're not. Their characters aren't romantically linked, so there wasn't any of that uh, yeah. to be awkward about. But um, and, and they don't have that many scenes together. Um, I think well, Hall had more screen time with Julia Stiles, didn't he? And Jennifer Carpenter, but um, yeah, still, wow. when I first read the, uh, I think it was on Twitter I saw it, and it said, sad news, Dexter, and I thought, oh no, don't say cancer's come back or something. You know, you start to think the worst. Um, but uh, yeah, but it's still sad news. Sorry, yeah. go on. Oh yeah, so, yeah, that's sad, because you, you hate to, when you wa- start watching a show and you get invested in the characters, then the actors, and then to hear that they're, you know, having some troubles or the ultimate trouble. It's pretty sad. But anyway, I digress. Uh, the finale, I was like you. I was emotionally, like, so, like, into it because I – we had talked on the preview podcast, Gareth, that most likely the series and there would be everyone finding out who Dexter is and maybe he's on the run or maybe Deb has to make a choice. So I thought we were getting that in this one, that it was going to be, she was going to find out, but I'll bring up a theory later on about that, that I talked with, with our friend Axel Foley, but overall the finale, I was a little disappointed. I was expecting something different and it just felt like the finale was just neatly, it was. It almost felt like a finale if they didn't know if they were going to get canceled or not. Let's just kind of tie it up and leave some loose ends sort of open but closed and let's move forth. And so I love Dexter and I will continue to watch the show and back the show. I just thought the finale was a little bit uh, disappointing. Usually in Dexter, other than last year, and me and Matt were talking about this off air, and we talked about this in the uh, preview podcast, how for many seasons it seemed like the episode before the finale was the better one until last season. Last season the finale was fantastic. (laughs) So, 
Yeah, it kind of went back to form there, and I was a little disappointed, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear your guys' detailed thoughts on it. Yeah, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Uh, obviously, when they filmed it, they didn't know they were getting a season six, so watching it last night and knowing now that there's going to be a season six, you can see it and think, yeah, that might, had it been, had the show been pulled, that that might have tied things up reasonably neatly. We'd have still been left wondering what Dexter would do next. Um, and, and that and that look he gave at the end was pretty dark, wasn't it, when he blew the candle out? Um, oh, yeah. I, I mean, thought, that's open to interpretation. Yeah, with the knife, I was like, Dexter's not going to do something crazy here, I see. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. It just freaked me out for a sec. And then he's holding Harrison, and I'm like, no, Dexter, don't do it. <laughs> But luckily, we didn't. Yeah. Um, Matt, what did you think about it, broadly? Um, you know, broadly, I agree with a lot of what he said. I, I think that, um, the same way, I think that I was I was so invested in, in, in just getting to that hour of television Sunday that I think that I was obviously caught up in the emotions of what was going on and, 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 and really left with a good feeling. And I, and I still have a, a pretty good feeling uh, with some time and some looking back. I've I've picked some things apart a little bit like we all do and, and, and sort of, you know, looked at some things that, that, that happened during the episode and, and, and really kind of scratched my head. And, and, and Heath and I discussed before, there were some things I thought that could have been a cop-out. Um, it, like you said, at the time that it was filmed, which could have been anywhere from, you know, two to three to four months ago, um, they didn't know about renewals. They didn't know about any of those kind of things that might have been happening. So, you know, you know, really, if, if you would ask me how do you end the, the, the show in a, in, a, in a thumbs up sort of everybody goes home happy sort of way, it's that last scene of Lumen on the boat with that smile and they're heading back to Miami and you can easily see a, a voice over there that says, you know, maybe I can have it all or, or what have you in a, in a Dexter sort of way of speech. And, and, and that could have been your finale if you chose to go that way. Now you take out of that um, something else uh, because they were renewed and maybe you go a different direction with it. I think that, you know, the, the scene, the very end with, with the knife and the look at the camera, to me sort of signaled, you know, if nothing else, the, the coming of some, of some darker days and, and, and the realization of, of who he really is. And I think he gets that. And, and that to me was, was, was chilling. I thought that was great that it was the last image of the season because, it sort of, I don't want to say it gave me hope, but it, it, it sort of gave me something to look forward to next year. Um, you know, I, I think that, and, and there's some theories, and, and I heard he's mentioned a theory, and I've, I've read some things online, and I've certainly formulated some ideas of my own, and I think there could be ways to go next year. But, but I think that that, that to me, was, the, was the, the sign of things to come, was that look, because it was, it was certainly done purposefully, Certainly done if you notice the reflection was the same and the knife as it was in the plate before he threw the plate at the stove. And I think there was there was little pieces there that they use as plot points. They they do very well of using those pieces as plot points and that actually means something down the road. So overall I thought it was pretty good. There's some things that, that kind of irritate me and things that kind of frustrate me, but but overall I, I think it was it was pretty good. I mean I'm not gonna say it was obviously like season four, because like you guys said, it, it Season four was obviously sort of the the, the gold standard of, of how to shock a, a long-term Dexter fan base. So, 
you know, you really can't go back to that card. You've already played it. At the same time, you know, you can't really have the happy ending because you've done that at some point, too, in season one and, and, and things like that, and just sort of wrapping up a nice little bow. So this is kind of a mix of both. It gives you a foreshadowing of things to come without, without you know, startling you or giving you something crazy that you weren't ready for because it's already been done. At some point, you get desensitized to that. Yeah, yeah, good thoughts. I mean, season three also was uh, a bit of a happy ending, wasn't it? But again, with a yeah. slight ambiguity, wondering what's coming next with the symbolic uh, where he's dancing with Rita at the wedding at the end and uh, there's the blood on a dress from him, um, sort of foreshadowing, uh, which is interesting. And, uh, and and that dark look at the end there, that was that was suitably ambiguous and uh, it, it sent chills down my spine. Um, I've, I've, one of the uh, emails I've received um, since the finale uh, from Lida in Chicago uh, speculates that Dexter's going to be taking uh, a big backward step because of this in his development, uh, that, that he might be full of resentment, um, that his reaction uh, to Lumen leaving, um, she says, was, was almost an enormous backward cranking of all this emotional progress he'd made. Um, Sort of when, when moments earlier he'd been uh, all chirpy and uh, unpacking the groceries to uh, smashing that plate in possibly in anger, may, maybe angerous himself at his own darkness. Uh, that that was a great moment. Um, okay, so uh, obviously we've got well, we all seem to share fairly mixed feelings about it, but I guess would we agree we're all kind of generally more positive than negative? Would you say? It certainly yeah. seems to be seems to be what's coming through. Um, I, I would agree. Yeah. So, I mean, we we can pick apart some of the the things that we uh, we didn't like about the episode. Um, get the negative stuff out of the way, as it were. Um, one of the one of the big things for me, negative wise, was um, Jordan Chase, and that we got no background on what his motivation is. There was um, there was a brief mention of his mother. Uh, and, and I don't know if you heard the, uh, I think it was in the last podcast, Heath, you, you probably did, Matt. Um, I had some feedback with a theory that we're going to find out that Jordan had an abusive mother, uh, an abusive relationship with her, that, um, and maybe she was blonde, uh, hence hence the, the trend of the gang uh, abducting blonde girls, uh, and maybe there was some sexual abuse on the part of the mother, uh, and that sort of made him how he is, that he's he's averse to physical contact um but wants this kind of power over over women um and let other well, have other people do the dirty work for him uh, and i thought that was a really good theory and, and could well have come to fruition but we we got nothing did we uh, and even right at the end before lumen stabbed jordan on the table i thought we were going to get something um but no i totally, that, i totally agree I, I i think they went to great pains to point out how this this group of rapists, I mean, these guys had been together since they were kids, and there certainly has to be something deep down that that has these group of guys, you know, doing this stuff over the course of 20 years. I mean, I've had a group of friends for a long time, and we don't do anything the same way 20 years that we still do. So uh, there had to have been some catalyst, and they went to great pains to sort of introduce the girl uh, whose name totally escapes me today, that, that Emily. killed 
Right. They went to great yeah. pains to introduce her, and they went to great pains to start to explore why that happened and then really just sort of shut it off, and it was, oh, he's just crazy. And I, I agree that there was a golden opportunity to sort of see how that evolution came about, and it was dropped. I would agree with that completely. Yeah, you see, in previous seasons, they've, um, we've, we've understood, for the most part, we've understood the background of, of Dexter's nemesis. You know, we, we knew the background of, um, of Brian Moser in season one, and, and obviously we've got, we got a lot about Trinity last season. Uh, we, we knew more even, about Miguel, sure, uh, you got Lila. Miguel in season three. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but Jordan, we just, we just knew who he was now, and we, we knew a bit about what he was when all this started. The most that you really knew was, was that picture. So to my, to my yeah. way of thinking, you yeah. really didn't go beyond that picture. Here's who he is. Here's who his buddies are. Uh, you get later on that they were at some camp, but, but that's yeah. it. And it's like, and it's like wow, what, what makes five guys do this? What makes five guys bond over that? And yeah. I think Alex, committing those acts. Alex Tilden, I think it was Alex, he, he made mention that um, Jordan can be very persuasive. But right. bloody hell, that's some powers of persuasion to get people to do things like that. Um, yeah. Makes you wonder what he what he had on them. I mean, to get all these friends willing to do these unspeakable things. Um, so really, we knew the what, the who, and the when, but not the why. Uh, right. And 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 that I, I felt. I mean, surely the writers, when they shaped out the season and, and drew up some of these new characters, surely that's writing one hundred and one is you understand the motivation for your characters. Uh, I mean, Heath, you, you you write. I mean, surely that's that's one of the fundamental, that's one of the early stages, isn't it, when you're shaping a story? Sure, yeah, definitely. And but sometimes it it sometimes like with these characters that aren't the primary characters, maybe have a small small uh, arc for an episode or two. They sometimes leave it out, and I guess it's assumed. But I think we've gotten so used to in great writing having all these characters flushed out and knowing exactly what their motivation is. I mean, I found it, um, and the fact that we learned in the finale that Jordan never touched the girls. He just watched, and he just basically motivated. I mean, the thing is, too, I mean, what you can get from, like, uh, Tilden and Boyd and that, these guys were just such followers, which they probably had their issues in life that totally made them who they were, and they just needed someone to guide them. And sometimes people are brought on these dark paths, but they're just so happy to be involved in a group and to have someone giving them that they, that Jordan was so powerful, he just got into their heads. But like you said, like when you have a group of friends, there's usually, you know, a leader and usually someone who kind of everyone looks up to or whatever. But to go to these lengths to abduct women, rape them, and murder them, I mean, you've yeah. got to have some trouble <laughs> issues to want to belong. Yeah. Over Pretty such crazy. a period of time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, for someone to have, for an individual to have those sorts of tendencies... I mean, it's in terms of numbers out of the population, it's pretty small, isn't it? Pretty minute. Yeah. But um, to have all these friends together with all with the same tendencies uh, is, is quite quite amazing. I, I would have liked to have learnt a lot more about about the background to understand why. Um, and we saw we saw Jordan's frustration and anger at um, having to get his hands dirty. Uh, I mean, clearly the guy is 
was <laughs> was was a sandwich short of a picnic when it, when it came down to it. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, you um, think about it. The catalyst for doing what they do and what they have done as a group is is sort of a dark passenger of its own, and they've gone to great pains, great, great, great pains over the years to to really shape why Dexter has his dark passenger. And it's not just because of the way his mother died. They've gone to great pains to show how he became what he is and how he came to the place that he came to. And, and, and to some extent, even with the ice truck killer, they showed the same thing with him, how he got to be where he was and the journey that he went on from what you don't see to what you do see. And they really just, they, they didn't, I, I think, I agree with you, they, they could have learned from some of their own history and really given us more of an insight into more than just, hey, we're a bunch of guys who, who kidnapped some girl when we were 16 and decided to keep doing it. I mean, yeah. it, there, there was a whole lot more that I think could have been invested there. And I thought that, you know, there were times when, when you know, Jordan Chase, I thought, while he certainly lost his cool at some point, you know, there was, it, it, was, it was never that he was giving you anything that you didn't really know, so to speak. Um, he, he wasn't really sort of, sharing any insight into the group. And, and I thought that that could have been better explained, you know? Yeah, I, I think he maybe had an opportunity, or the writers had an opportunity in that scene where he killed Emily Birch. And he was he was losing control and, and getting angry at himself and, and angry at Emily and Blumen. Uh, and as I say, expressing his frustration, he said, um, "I find this all profoundly distasteful," which I thought was a great line. Uh, but he hadn't. The writers had an opportunity then for him to say, make some reference, for sake of argument, to his mother. Um, you know, refer to his mother in some way, or then he could have given us some hint as to his motivation. But I thought that was a big. That was a big gap in the uh, in the plot for this season. Well, um, and it can be it can be done very simply if you think back to the Thanksgiving episode of of season four when he called when when Trinity called his daughter by his sister's name. You know, it's yeah. a it's a one second deal, but in that one second, you totally understood if you didn't before, which clearly we did, but you totally understood in that one second, one word, realistically, where he was coming from. And, and it all became even more crystal clear than it already was. And I'm not saying that, that you know, Jordan Chase had to call Lewin by some other name out of some, you know, misplaced panic. But something that fast and that quick could tell you all that we're looking for and, and answer all of our questions. And it's, it's a missed opportunity. Yeah, definitely. You should be the one to do it. Is that okay with you? He's yours. Help. Please. You're acting like there's some polite way to do this, like there's some, some etiquette. <laughs> killing is killing, Dexter. Let's at least be honest about that. Are you being honest? Eugene? Oof. You think that's an insult? It's a compliment. It's a reminder of how far I've come. How far is that? You're right back where you started, only this time you're strapped to a table. Transformed. You will be soon. I'm just me. You. Lumen. Mm. You don't get to use my name. Really? We're not on a first name basis, the three of us, and who is? Look at you. You're transformed, so you're beautiful. And you know what? 
dad met me, you would never have known you had it in you. I wouldn't have had it in you. No, now you do! Shut up! It's <laughs> truly amazing. You should thank me. <laughs> That's not what's going to happen. I watched you so carefully the last time you were here. You used to just tower and cry. <laughs> That's not just for me. That's for everyone that you hurt. Even Emily. Do you hear me? Do you hear me? I mean, Jordan, he, he wasn't the only uh, the only loose end um, in in this episode. Uh, let's let's talk about Quinn um, and that whole business with Liddy. I mean, at, at the end there, uh, obviously Dexter sort of <laughs> gave him a get out of jail free card, uh, frigging that uh, that blood test, um, that the blood sample off his shoe. But they had all sorts of other evidence linking Quinn to the scene, didn't they? At the van, fingerprints. There, there were the phone records. Uh, yet no further questions were asked. Um, and let us remember, this is a, a, a police officer, or albeit a, a recently fired police officer. Um, but you know, there's been a murder for heaven's sake, <laughs> uh, and, and that all seems to get seems to be put to bed rather, rather, rather quickly. And um, a bit untidily, I thought. Uh, and obviously Quinn had guilt all over his face when he was sort of looking at his feet, talking to LaGuerta on the dock. Uh, there was clearly more going on when he, uh, and then he asked for a lawyer. Um, yet, you know, the, the blood comes back, uh, or, or rather the um, Dexter uh, tweaks the, the, the blood results, and, um, and that's that. Uh, I thought that was... That was a bit too neat as well, and I don't know whether they were doing whether they did that. Maybe yeah, because Gareth. they thought that was the end of the season. That was the end of the yeah. series, rather. That really that was probably the one huge problem that kind of hurt the finale for me was the whole Quinn storyline. Because okay, Laguara looks down, and that blood stain is like little. Is that blood on your shoe? Like, oh, my God, it can't be from anywhere else. It's got to be because what? And then he lawyers up, and he looks guilty, of course, but it's like I really, that whole convenience of the blood on the shoe is just the way they did it. It was like, really? Really, LaGuardia? You're really staring at his shoes? You see a little speck of blood, so it must be from the van? Like, that killed me. And I thought that was a little too cheesy for me. Um now, I, you know, it's funny because Dexter had the power to basically put Quinn away, but he probably thought about it. You know what? If he gets sent away, there's a good chance he might rat me out or something. With what? Like, I know he knows something, but he doesn't totally know. And Quinn, like, telling him, I owe you one. Like, I, I kind of understand that part of it because really Quinn's in love with Deb and though he was so against Dexter and trying to frame him, I think he realized that he doesn't have too many friends and that he probably does really love Deb. And so the last thing he wants to do is put Dexter away or make Dexter a total enemy, um, not knowing what he could do to him or whatnot. So, 
Yeah, uh, that part. It's just the way it was too convenient is what bothered me. But at the same time, I really do like the Quinn character. I mean, even down to past episode when they're looking through his apartment, he has an old computer and it has, what, the uh, cat farting or whatever, <laughs> or whatever that was, a kangaroo or whatever that goes for. But like, like a cat, that, yeah. Yeah, was it the cat? Okay. But that, mm-hmm. like, totally is Quinn, like the total, like, old computer kind of, like, that That was great. But I, I just really thought, I mean, I didn't even think when the blood went on his shoe, I thought, I didn't even think that they could tie him to the scene. I was thinking, oh, my God, Quinn's going to go back, look at his shoe and be like, oh, my God, you know, his, he was killed there. And with the whole Dexter thing, I thought it was going to be more bad for Dexter. But, in fact, they did the whole Quinn thing. So, you know, it, it just seemed too quick and too – that whole – I still – that whole – oh, that blood on your shoe really got me. And I was like, oh, really, guys? But, you know, what can <laughs> I you agree, do? I agree, with, I agree with that. And I'll, and I'll even go one better when you talk about blood spots. I agree. That was that was way too convenient, way too easy, way too. Let's get to get realistic here. Not not everybody walks around with blood on their shoe, but if you see a spot on somebody's shoe, you don't instantly assume, oh, it's the crime scene blood. But even to the even to the the second episode of the season, when all of a sudden, you know, Dexter had Spidey sense when he looked in an old van and there was there was a, <laughs> a washed out blood drop. Yeah, you know, that, that was nice. That, and and really, if you think about it, that was the the catalyst for the entire season and and that piece of business drove me crazy because that just seems so you know i hate to say it, it seemed illogical in a show that seems somewhat logical when we're talking about a police officer or a police you know uh blood spatter expert serial killer it's hard to say that's not logical but that was crazy to me but that was it was such a lazy way to sort of start a start a, a, a storyline and and I agree, the blood thing was was such a lazy deal and, and, and the the thing with the with the guy who was selling oranges and couldn't speak English but knew where the camp was that closed down twenty years ago and a block away. And yeah. meanwhile the meanwhile the camp the camp's in a wooded area and he was on a very municipal street corner, but hey, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um I, I there was there was so many things that, that just and, and they happened to every show and and it's not the only one, but there were so many things that were just that were just lazy, like, okay, we have to get to point C. It doesn't matter how point B gets us there. And and I thought, you know, geez, there's, there's got to be a better way than that. You know, I mean, they've done the footprint thing before. You know, have Quinn's blood, have Quinn's foot in a blood print on the scene, you know, and then they go, hey, we got this blood print, you know, and that actually they do something back in episode 11 with that. But, hey, we've got Quinn's shoe print in this, in this blood in Quinn. Quinn took off running or whatever have you, you know, there's other ways to get there than some phantom drop of blood the next day uh, next to the heel of the guy's shoe or whatever. That's just, that's just lazy. Yeah, and also at the camp when uh, Deb fired a warning shot, you know, it's like, okay, when in an hour when they're going to get there, you know, when when you're a cop and you shoot your firearm, you've got to kind of report, like, what, you know, why is there around missing whatever. I believe. Right. And so it's like, and, and I mean, okay, you pick up the bullet, okay, but, like, we can be like, oh, yeah, I found all this stuff, and I just decided to fire my gun at nothing. Like, <laughs> what? What's that all about? Well, and, I don't, and I don't want to be the guy who, who picks apart things, but wouldn't she have driven past the turned-over car that Dexter wrecked? 
I mean, <laughs> yes, she was. Yeah. Road, I mean, I understand Jordan can sort of clean up some things on the street, but he's not going to move a Pontiac Grand Am. You know? yeah, I don't and, know what the. I didn't even think of that. Oh, I did at uh, the time, but now you bring it up, I'm like, oh yeah, what's the crash car about? Yeah, oh. add that to the list. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, yeah, I mean, it it does. It is becoming more apparent that they finished the season or, or wrote the end of the season in a bit of a. It was like they suddenly realised they were running out of time, uh, and had all these things to tidy up. Remember last week. Uh, you, you may not be aware, Heath, that um, they drafted in uh, an outside writer to to write the story for the penultimate episode. They uh, they brought in a Scottish uh, crime writer called um, I think she was called Karen Campbell, uh, and she did the oh. story. She's she only done three books, yet they brought her in presumably uh, to maybe offer a slightly fresh perspective on how to get from from one point to another in a fairly mm-hmm. efficient way. Uh, so normally on Dexter there's just a writer credit, but last week there was a, a story credit and oh, a, tele, okay. a, tele, a teleplay credit, which was credited to two of the usual uh, to the usual uh, writers. Yep. So so I thought that was interesting. So maybe that's maybe that happened. They got to sort of uh, episode ten and thought, oh God, we've only got two episodes left and we've got to do all this. Um, Let's try well, and realistically, if, if you look at episodes three, four, five, six, that middle, that middle quarter, you know, I, I know, Gareth, you talk about, you know, three acts. That 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 sort of the the end of the first act into the second act was was just very slow and very much about establishment and and not really trying to to delve too deeply into any one situation, trying to lay the groundwork in it. And you can do that for sometimes too long until you realize, you know, uh oh. We got three episodes to finish this entire season and wrap this thing up because they don't they don't carry them over. Obviously, uh, I agree yeah. that at some point they might have had to ring the alarm bell and go, "Hey, we got to wrap this up," kind of you know, in some sort of a coherent way. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning of the season, they it was obviously serving as a bit of an epilogue to uh, season four, and they needed to address Dexter's grief and, and how he was reacting in in the aftermath. Um, and those first few episodes, I think me personally, I wasn't as I wasn't as bothered by it as, as some of the some of the listeners. Some of the feedback I was getting uh, were quite vehemently people saying, "Just just get on with it already." Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but um, I mean, previous seasons have, have, have sometimes started a bit slowly and, and sure. sort of build things up, and then we appreciate the payoff at the end all the more. Um, but uh, and I, I've said it on the podcast before. We were so spoiled last season um, that I think they were always onto a not onto a um, I want to say onto a loser uh, this year. But um, I think well, I it was always going to be I, I always going to be an anticlimax. I recall telling my wife in season four for the first three or four episodes, I was getting frustrated because you were only getting about one or maybe two small. John Lithgow scenes per episode for the first little section there, and I was like, I was like, come on, let's let's get let's get it on with, let's let's get it going, and and I wasn't frustrated with the series as a whole at that point. I was just like, come on, I need more Lithgow. It's it's, it's going to be awesome. But then I agree. Once the end came, I I understood and respected the beginning that much more for sort of bringing it along very carefully and very slowly. Yeah, I actually really liked the way. For a couple episodes, you're following this guy in a couple of scenes, but you don't know really what is going on. 
And I actually really liked that. I thought it was, a, you know, a great way to kind of get us like, what the heck? But I think this season was a lot more slower. Like, I understand. Like, at the beginning, I'm like, okay, what? I know they got to tie up the Rita thing and everything, but it was just like, where is this going? And then once Lumen was introduced and that whole thing, it started to really – because I thought Boyd Fowler was just going to be a kill of the week, something pretty quick. And then all of a sudden it became a smaller piece of a larger puzzle. Yeah, I, I did expect Boyd to be around a bit longer because the guy who plays him was one of the big bits of casting news in the hiatus, Sean Hattosi. Uh, yeah. I think we we mentioned him in our preview podcast, and so I was surprised when he was dispatched quite so soon. But obviously, as you, as you say, exactly that he was a a a, a key piece in a bigger puzzle. Gareth, um, what um yeah at the beginning of the season when they had that FBI guy that was investigating Rita's murder, was he supposed to be a bigger part of the season? And they cut it, they cut him out because I thought he was going to be this big character that would kind of be after Dexter. And I guess we had him for a few episodes, but. They kind of just cut it. I don't know. I don't remember seeing them as much. Do you think that was a bigger character that they just decided to kind of cut down? That's interesting. But the the guy, well, he had a partner as well, didn't he? Wasn't there a woman that was with him? They had a few scenes, but they're, oh, yeah, they're, yeah. they were always very wooden and kind of in the background, like a, a sort of... Um, a presence in the background and you knew they were hanging around mm-hmm. and investigating because Trinity was a federal case. Uh, but Quinn seemed to know him. Um, and, and he had a conversation with him trying to get to, um, Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, Mitchell, yeah. the Mitchell boy. Um, yeah. and obviously then all that was dropped when, when Quinn got it, got in trouble about it and suspended. And then I don't think we ever saw the FBI yeah, people again, thought, did we? I thought he was going to be a bigger, yeah. Cause when Quinn was following him or whatever, um, or talk, you know, called him and stuff. And, like, I thought that was going to be a bigger... I thought his role was going to be much bigger, and it kind of just went away. Maybe they just decided that was their intention all along, or they just decided to kind of... It was the Quinn thing just kind of dropped that a little yeah. bit, bringing in and Peter Weller. I think that there, there, was, there was a missed opportunity in the first part of the season to really do some more um, fallout from last year. It was kind of like it was... It was the Rita grieving and the Rita funeral, and then the, the, the chasing the Mitchell kid down in that in that in that convenience store, and then it was kind of dropped, and here we're on to the next thing. And, and I thought that there was there was a lot more you could do with that, and with the FBI sort of looking after Dexter and having to sort of do what he was doing with Lumen and kind of doing those things and trying to stay off the radar and trying to live normalcy in their eyes and going through the things that he's going through. I think there was some missed opportunity there, but. I agree with you, Heath. I thought it'd be a bigger part for that guy and for that particular part of the story with the FBI. And if you, and it's the one, the, the one thing, the criticism I've had of the show forever is that they'll take something and they'll really sort of amplify it for a minute and then for an episode or two and you really think there's something big coming and it's dropped and forgotten about. Uh, case mm-hmm. in point, uh, when they had the, the, the lieutenant come in for La Guerta, like in season two, I think it was, and and it was pumped up to her being a big deal, a big deal, a big deal. And all of a sudden, she gets this ridiculous storyline of her boyfriend and the gorgeous with her boyfriend, and she's gone. It's like, what was that all about? Or <laughs> or the the deal with the girl from from season three when she was the internal affairs girl that was investigating Quint, and and every day she's she's in Deb's car or she's next to Deb or she's following Deb at lunch and, and tipping off Quint and all that stuff. And then all he has to say is, oh, it was personal. 
and it's just over, just like that. And, it's, and it was built up to be such a huge issue for three or four or five episodes and then just dropped. That's mm-hmm. kind of something that they do, and it, and it, and it drives me crazy. So I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I expected much more out of the FBI part of that. And it was like, oh, Quinn's an ass, and it's over. And that was kind of yeah. confusing for me. Well, there was that whole thing with, with them looking for Carl Butler. That was just dropped. Uh, obviously, Quinn identified uh, Dexter as a possible uh, 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 a suspect as, as being Kyle Butler, um, mm-hmm. and he never he never got a satisfactory response from um, uh, the Mitchell kid. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. I, I, I know at the time he was he was he was getting close to Deb, wasn't he? And uh, seemed to be a bit conflicted about where his loyalties were and should he. Where, should he pursue this this Dexter thing, uh, and obviously he handed that off to Liddy, didn't he? Uh, but he seemed to be a bit conflicted about whether he should um, be loyal to Deb and, and drop it. Um, and and I, I questioned at the time about the sort of toing and froing of his character, because he'd always been, well, up until now he'd been set up as as this distrustful cop, uh, questionable of integrity, integrity, yeah. um, and. and We'd, you know, we'd seen evidence of corruption, um, and it, it seemed that they um, it seemed a bit convenient for them to um, suddenly making this slushy romantic guy uh, falling uh, head over heels for Deb. Um, although by the end, by the end of the season, uh, he sort of convinced me <laughs> he did, about his uh, <laughs> about how genuine he was, uh, and and that's that's. Well, that Quinn arc perhaps is, is is a slight positive out of the season, um, but in the season five preview trailers we saw, that whole Kyle Butler story thread seemed to was was portrayed as being one of the big arcs for the season, and uh, I think we talked about it, Heath with Donald, uh, getting excited that um, this would be Dexter in jeopardy and in danger of discovery, and his exposure to the Mitchells would come back to bite him, uh, and it never did, no. never did at all. Um, Never did. Uh, so I think that was that was um, that was an opportunity missed. I think. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say. And it could have been Sorry, a no-brainer. I mean, as far as the FBI goes, uh, here's here's the FBI. One of their agents who'd been investigating this killer for the better part of his career, the killer kills the wife of the brother of the girl he's seeing and and is shot in front of. I mean, for an FBI, that's a no-brainer, and I think that. And, and one of my one of my curiosities is, are those kind of things going to come back around again? I mean, obviously the the thing with uh, with Lundy was a thing in season two, and then it kind of came back in season four. Um, are these going? Are there going to be issues that still have legs next year, like the Quinn thing? I agree. Does the blood not being from him, you know, does the blood clearing just disqualify him completely? I don't think so. And I'm thinking that unless it was just the worst police work ever, maybe there's going to be more repercussions next year. Maybe there's more to that story and the, and the cops start pressing Quinn more and Dexter starts becoming less trustful of Quinn. You know, there's, there's obviously doors to still be opened. Will the Mitchell kid come back? I think that there's, there's ways to revisit that without, like, going back and looking like you're desperate for a story. But I, I've always thought that could have been better handled, let's put it that way. Yeah, and the whole thing with why the whole surveillance, who who was he surveilling and who, like, it was in Quinn's name to get the equipment, who was it, and they even mentioned whoever 
you know, he was surveilling. It's probably the killer or whatever. And so th- there's whole that. Plus, with Aster Cody going to spend the summer with Dexter, they're probably, my guess is they're going to pick up the next season kind of after the summer. So more domesticated Dexter and maybe probably in two lines. They'll probably just say, oh, Quinn, yeah, we've, Found the killer, or you know, whatever they. I don't know. You know, you wonder if they're gonna go more into that. Maybe the FBI comes in, or they're just gonna chalk it up as a cold case. How they? How are they gonna do that? Because this season, of course, took place right after season four ended, and of course, Quinn had dropped like twenty pounds and looked thinner, and <laughs> it was so funny. The uh, how everyone looked different, you know. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, shows like The Shield and stuff really the continuity was done really well where stuff after a season took place and everyone looked the same. So Quinn was definitely the one that stuck out for me. <laughs> he oh, just yeah. all of a sudden looked like a new person in like 10 hours, you know, but Hey, the way it goes, I guess. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the police should probably seem... talk positives, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's, I, I did have, um, a couple of other things on the, on my negative list that, uh, we ought to just quickly quickly go over certainly not not as bigger issues as as we've talked about um i, I rolled my eyes at, at batista for giving laguerta at the oh, end there gosh. uh i mean may, maybe he had a realization about what's important in life uh but what about his wife's integrity and, and willingness to uh shit on a fellow officer a good officer deb one, yeah. one who one who batista himself admitted he considers like a kid sister uh, he seemed like a bit of a chump <laughs> to me <laughs> he just said oh i saw you were trying hard with deb damn right she should try hard with her bloody hell <laughs> she's well, like deb didn't swing for her <laughs> it goes that thing we talked about about a cop out i mean it's it's a nod of the head at the end of an episode and you're supposed to go oh it's all better now but you know one of the things that you mentioned earlier about fleshing out characters and 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 really, you know, the, the shows that do a really good job, and I mean, Gareth and I have talked before about Breaking Bad, how Breaking Bad does an amazing job of fleshing out every facet of a character that's, that's sort of out of the main story. And, and you know, with Batista in the first season, the second season, did a really good job of that. You know, with his wife, and he was dragged home drunk, and you sort of got the idea of what was going on with him and where he was coming from. And then now, with, with certainly more to work with, with, with being married to LaGuerta, it's just, it's just, it's just a tip just of the hat. Of the hat. Oh, echo, echo. <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was me. The Dexter has just come and sat on my lap and uh, pulled the uh, headphone cable out of my laptop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right on cue. <laughs> he tried to get in on, the, in on the last podcast we did, Heath. Oh, if you yeah, remember, there was some, the, uh, oh, yeah, there was a lot, of, a lot of stuff <laughs> that went on in the last podcast, but... <laughs> I tried to edit, Sorry, go edit ahead, some man. Of it yeah, out. finish your thought. Uh, just what I was saying before was, you know, that, that um, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> <that's gonna happen. laughs> Sorry about that. No, the, the fleshing, the, the, right, right. The, the fleshing out of characters, I think, that could be done so much better. Again, it's it's that it's that tip of the hat. It's the nod at the end of the show. Everybody walks away happy, and you go, oh, he's supporting his wife. But really, you know, to my Breaking Bad point, which I'm sure you can sort of edit this into, you get the idea that they could they could flesh those characters out a lot better and, and really give those characters a, a way to, especially with Batista being married to LaGuerta, you've got it all right there, 
and you, it, it's all right and funny. You don't have to try to bring in some, you know, phantom wife or, or, or his child, which hasn't been talked about in years. Just, you know, you've got an opportunity to flesh those characters out better and, and get their, their motivations better and, and get where they're coming from better. I think that, again, it kind of goes back to that lazy thing about just, you know, hey, you know, did a good job, honey. Way to go back for your team. And, and, and really that's not what she did for the entire season. So, it's, it's again, there, there's more that can be done there. I totally agree with that. Yeah, LaGuardia, uh, I really, and probably in a good way, like I hated her this season, but she did, at the actress did a good job at playing that role, and you really saw her flaws illuminated with, I mean, talking about they wanted to throw that one young detective under the bus, and Deb wouldn't, and then Deb gets thrown under the bus. Like, just those things, I'm like, ah, I hate her now. She's annoying me. (laughs) But, you know, it was done well. We needed someone to get annoyed with, uh, you know. But it's just yeah. like, and then how it just, it was okay. And they made this dramatic, sh- you know, framing of, you know, Batista watching her. And, and it's like, ah, oh, really? Really? Uh, I'm like, ah, oh, Batista, you could do better than that. And I think those two characters were really lost uh, in the last se- season or two when their relationship started, I was really bored with that. Um, it just really just, oh, really, you know? But I guess they had to do something with those characters, you know? Yeah, there was a little bit of hope for Batista on my part when he had that scene after all the uh, after the shootout at the nightclub and, and Deb got busted down to the file office, the file room, mm-hmm. and uh, Batista told her that he was going to file an accurate report about what happened uh, backing up Deb. Deb, I'm going to do whatever it takes to set the record straight. I thought you were backing the greater story. No, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was stuck between a rock and my wife, but I decided I'm, I'm backing you. Might not go over too well at home. You're flesh and blood to me. Like my kid's sister, but better, because I actually like you. Damn. It's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, and I thought that was there was potential there for him, obviously showing his integrity and and loyalty to to what was right, the right thing to do, and you know. Yep. Uh, obviously not approving of what his wife had done there was potential there for him and I'll be honest I I do like Batista but he's he and LaGuardia have just not been given much of anything Um, Mm -hmm. actually speaking of LaGuardia I had some good feedback last week pointing out really that LaGuardia has always been like this Uh, season one she was set up to be an antagonist she had that conflict with Deb didn't she at the time Deb was the rookie and LaGuardia was dismissive of her at every opportunity and putting her down and not listening to her and it was Dokes who more or less gave Deb the uh, opportunity Um, and so the feedback I forget who it was said really that LaGuardia is just being who she's always been uh, Great she's been point. set up to be this this antagonist, and um, I suppose in a, in any show you've got to have that sort of character um, yep. as a sort of counterbalance. Uh, so that kind of softened my view a little bit when I was reminded of that. Um, <laughs> but I suppose if, if if they were setting her up to be this unlikable character, then the writers have succeeded. Um, but you know, I still think honest, they could have given I... her more interesting stuff. 
I think she's better. I think that the that the work that, that goes into that is better when she is the unlikable sort. Uh, if you think back to the first couple of seasons where she was where where she was getting you know she was getting grief from the captain and all that kind of stuff about how she was media savvy and and all the things that went on in the first couple of seasons. I think that that was it was better when she was sort of I mean to my liking uh, it was better when she was was almost the antagonist without being a sort of a bad guy. I think that she was great when she was kind of cocky and kind of arrogant and knew her place and, and was doing those things. And when she showed her softer side sometimes, it, it got to be a little confusing. Uh, I think in, in like season three with, with the, the lawyer that was killed, the girl's name, I can't remember who it was, uh, who was killed, um, you know, when she was, you know, buddying up with her and had a problem with the Prados and investigating them. I, I don't really oh, like yeah, her. Yeah. I don't. I don't really like her in the. I'm trying to find the truth role. I kind of like her in the. I'm in it for the headlines. You know, I don't care which gets the job done. Just get it done, and when at all costs. I, I kind of like that, to be honest with you. I think that that it, it seemed like a return to form this year when she did that. Yeah, great point, Matt. Because and they kind of gave us a little curveball because she has always like protected Dexter, like especially with Quinn. She protected Dexter this season when he was investigating. And it's like, I want to hate her and I'm frustrated with her, but then she does something like that. I'm like, oh, that was cool. That was great. You know, so they give you a little bit, but yet they keep going to form. And you're right. Like I was mentioning before how the actress really pulled it off. It's it's so good when you don't like someone, when it's about the character and not about the actor or actress, then they've succeeded with that character. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's uh, good points. Good points. Um, okay, well, other other loose ends just, just very quickly. Uh, the the whole Santa Muerta case was just dropped, wasn't it? Um, there was <laughs> there was well, there was the other yeah. Fuentes brother out there um, who was, was involved in that shootout. Yeah, yeah, they they oh, killed geez. one, didn't she? And oh. and the other one apparently got away out out of the. Uh, I assume he disappeared out of a, some secret entrance because they, they got into the nightclub without the police realising they were in there. Um, so presumably they had some kind of secret entrance. And wasn't, um, there, wasn't there this exact same thing last year with the vacation murders? Or was that ever solved? Or, or was there I some thought, sort of a conclusion of that? I think there was a conclusion because LaGuardia and Batista had them cornered, didn't they? As I remember, they, they tracked them down. Okay, okay. And okay. Uh, there was a bit of a standoff. Yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, always, there's, some, there's always some peripheral case that, that's hmm. only there to sort of be a nice well, placeholder. Yeah, and even the, the young, the female detective who got promoted or, or the officer got promoted, was she even in the last couple episodes? No, she, she's another one who got dropped. The last yeah. I think we saw of her was when she was moving her stuff into the uh, police department, into the detective room. Maybe there's a deleted scene with her and the FBI. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get the DVDs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you'd have thought, um, obviously, Deb then, she subsequently got reinstated. Uh, but what happened to uh, Manzone, wasn't it? Sierra Manzone. Uh, what, what happened to her? Did she get sent back to patrol or uh, did she stay in the detective yeah. department? We, we never saw her again. No. Nope. Um, nope. She was just a, just a plot point, another plot point that, that just got dropped. Um, God, it's disappointing. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I was starting to really take it apart. I'm like, oh yeah, you know, you know it, I might not... it, it, maybe it's a case of like K 
cable 12 episodes versus 22 where you'd have probably more of that if it was, you know, network full order for a season. So, but yeah, it looks like they did do a poor job of managing the storylines this season. And, you know, it's a shame. It's a shame. You know, you know, Heath, this sounds, this is giving me deja vu of another another show that we love uh, that finished earlier this year where they, where storylines and uh, got dropped and yep. we were left wondering <laughs> what happened to them. So, yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe this is another, another point that, that they kind of rushed the end of the season and, and had to look at what, what was more important to tie up uh, and, and had to sacrifice certain other um, subplots. Uh, well, may, maybe, question, maybe that's to, why. The, the question I have to ask is: Was the was the Santa Muerta, Was that was that whole thing to get Deborah to kill somebody and not feel regret? You know, if that was the case, you could have achieved that. You know, realistically, in episode yeah. two, you know, by just having her, you know, shoot a bad guy. Uh, but yeah. I mean, you've already established you've already established that Laguerta is opportunistic and she won't take the blame. You've already you've already got that established. You know, from a long time ago. Um, so, you know, the only really thing that I can see that there really was tangible to come out of that was the lack of Deborah's regret for what she did. Okay, that lays the foundation for what you want to get to next. I understand that, but you built this whole murder, multi-murder arc uh, for just that. Uh, that seems kind of. Uh, and again, if you're rushing out of that because you have to get to the next piece of business to wrap it up that's how it all gets dropped. Just like, oh yeah, we forgot all about those guys and that brother and the guy who didn't get killed. And, and that's what I, and that's what I kind of think. I mean, if you're just going to get one thing out of it, you can do it much quicker than that and sort of move on and have a, more time to explore what she does with those feelings, you know, rather than just having that rush into the last two episodes. Yeah. And they spent a lot of time on, on that case, a lot of screen time. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just thought of something else that came out of that. Uh, and that's Deb getting uh, sent down to the file room because it was when she was down there for an episode that she uh, looked through those Barrel Girl files and uh, got them some some leads on that, if I remember rightly. Uh, so there was correct, there was yeah. there was something else to come out of that. But as as you say, that's um, a lot of uh, a lot of time spent to to get to that point. I'm sure she could they could have if they had to send Deb down to the file room, uh, they could have constructed some sort of uh, event in the show, some sort of other event that took a lot less time. Well, if um, she was in the file room, why, I mean, I always, the first thing I thought when she got put in the file room is, okay, she's going to be there for a couple of episodes, which in their time is a couple of weeks or whatever. Um, you know, this could be the opportunity that she takes to delve even more into some of the things that Harry was doing, where yeah. Dexter's mom comes from in those files. That was her opportunity to really, I mean, she had all those files on her desk like two years ago, and that storyline was just, you know, she found out who his brother was and completely dropped, and it was like, and it was mentioned very briefly in this last episode, but only for a passing second. And I remember thinking, you know, when she went to that file room, I was like, okay, here's where it starts. This is where she goes to find this file. This is where she puts these two things together and, and somehow gets that. I know that they destroyed a bunch of those files, but this is where she gets that 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 grasp of what's going on. Finally, it gives the opportunity to get there and get that, but then she didn't. So it was, it was kind of odd. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have, speaking of the file room, I have a, if it's Gareth, if you want me, I have a question for you guys, unless, Gareth, you want to. Yeah. Okay. Basically, I was talking with Axel Foley uh, from Podtourage about the finale. And the whole thing with Deb, no, you know, they're at the camp and with Lumen and Dexter behind the sheet and that whole deal and her letting them go. Do you think if there's any remote that Deb somehow knows it's Dexter and her? Do you think uh, she was? Do you think she knows? Because it's when they're talking about it, it's almost like she De- Deb says something, and then Dexter changes the subject when they're talking there. And I'm wondering. I mean, I, we had been talking. Well, could Deb, when she was young, have seen Harry train Dexter? And I'm thinking, no, I don't think she knows Dexter's like a serial killer. But I wonder if she thinks Dexter is has helped. Even not even maybe not even Lumen maybe number thirteen and I'd like to hear your guys' perspective if you think Deb really you know found some things in the file room or whatever but maybe she kind of figured it out that it could be Dexter. Honestly, I I don't think so. I don't think she okay. knew. Um, she was oh she had met Lumen so if I mean. At that point, in when that happened, there was that sort of standoff with the sheet between them. I, for a moment, wondered whether Lumen would uh, make a move to distract Deb and, and maybe sacrifice herself and let Dexter get away. But had she done, Deb would have obviously recognised Lumen and maybe put two and two together then. Um, but that last scene at the party, um, when Deb's talking to Dexter, the way Deb was talking, it was like, well, you know, that's all done and dusted, everything's okay. There was no hint of any nudge, nudge, wink, wink, I know your secret, or, you know, I've got my eye on you. There was none of that. Um, and, and that would have been an opportunity to maybe maybe have a little hint of, of something that she may have an inkling, um, or maybe something's just not sitting right with her that could maybe just a little teaser for next season. Um, or had the series ended with season five, a, a little teaser to leave us wondering, give us a talking point, you know, what what will happen? Um, but I don't, I don't think Deb, Deb has any clue. And, and, and Deb, uh, Dexter himself has said Deb's always had a a bit of a blind spot for, when it comes to him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. In in a word, no. I don't. I don't think um, she has any clue. But she empathised with Girl Thirteen. I think that was her motivation for uh, letting them go. I think she, the, the, it appealed to the romantic in her, that there was this man who was so devoted to, to this girl that he would do anything for her. Um, and obviously she'd watched those DVDs more than once and, and yeah. seen far too much of, of that horrible abuse and, and seen what those girls went through and probably thinking, what would I do if, if I was one of them, what, what would I do? Would, would I want revenge? And as a woman, I think she, um, I think Deb empathised. Don't move. Don't fucking move. Whatever's in your arms, drop it now. Both of you. I know who you are. Number 13. 
And I know what they did to you. I've seen the tapes. I watched them over and over. It's a miracle you survived. A fucking miracle. And you, whoever you are, you know that too. I said, don't fucking move. Maybe it's true some people deserve to die. But I'm a cop and I don't make that fucking decision. So I'm going to call this in. In an hour, this place will be swarming with police. If I were you, I'd be gone by then. Yes, yeah, you're definitely foreshadowing a possible standoff without the sheet with Dexter and Deb. There's got to be something. Maybe not even a standoff, but a moment where... And I, this got this has to be a series kind of last arc, I got to believe, when they're like, they're going to do Dexter, and then when they find out it's going to be the last season, they'll probably do this storyline. But I bet you we have kind of a similar scene in the future without the sheet, with the two of them there. I would I would agree. I, I, I don't think that... Let's put it this way. I don't think that Deb knew it was Dexter behind the sheet, but I think that that is what she will, when she gets a little more, when, when the evidence gets put in front of her, where, whenever it comes out, whenever that process begins, that's what the catalyst will be for her to understand who he is or to get on that path. Yes, exactly. It's, it's thinking back to that, to that moment, and she'll realize it was him behind the sheet then. I've always been of the opinion since day one that she saw him on the table in the end of season one. I've always thought that, that either she subconsciously blocked it or she's always known. And this, is, this has been her way of sort of maybe telling him it's okay. I don't know. And that's kind of a, that you could go either way on that. But I've always thought, always, 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 that she saw him, you know, that day when he came into their old house, to him and the brother's old house when she was tied up by the ice truck killer, I've always thought she saw that and at least heard it. Even if she didn't look up, she heard his voice, she knew he was there. There's something inside of her, and very possibly in a, in a panic-stricken state, it got washed away, uh, like someone forgets a car wreck sometimes because the, the, the trauma was so much that you don't actually remember the point of impact. Maybe that's what happened. But at some point, I think that, that the sheet thing is going to be the catalyst. Maybe she'll see him standing behind a sheet or she'll see him silhouetted, and it will snap in her mind. And, I, and I, so I agree with both of you to, to speak on that, that I think that at some point that's going to be the moment that turns the light bulb on for her, and, and probably in a past tense sense at that point. But that's what's going to happen that sort of gets the next ball rolling, which is, I agree, the end of the, the, end of the series probably has to be that, that Dexter, you know, game with her back and forth and how do, they, how do they explain that, which might be complicated by divorce now. You never know. But um, it would be a shame to see that go down because they can't get along offset that you somehow have to compromise the biggest storyline on the show. But, you know, you hope that isn't the case. But, but I agree that that's got to be where it comes to a head. And for my money, 
that's where it's going to start. When she sort of has that realization, that's where the road's going to begin. Yeah, I think uh, I, I did feel that, well, prior to the finale, I did think that there would be something something uh, clicking in Deb's mind, that at the end there would definitely be a, a distinct seed of doubt in her mind and, and that would be a that would be the cliffhanger of sorts at the end of the season that would be left thinking uh Deb's onto him or she's got some as I say, some sort of doubt in her mind. But there there was nothing. There was nothing there to suggest that. Uh and, and you know, I was slightly disappointed. I mean it's it's gonna come at some point. Yeah. Um but I thought it would I thought it would be this week. Uh, but wasn't that a great scene when, when she came down the steps and, and they're there packing up behind the sheet? That was I, I loved how they how they how they did it with uh, with no music, just Deb talking. Uh, uh, I, I don't know about you, but I was holding my breath. I, I almost sent oh, yeah. shivers, chills down my spine because I thought this is such <laughs> a moment. Not knowing what was going to happen, I thought this is it, and I th- you could see the look on Dexter's face. He was thinking, "This is it." I- I'm sure, uh, you know, his life was flashing before his eyes. Yeah, Gareth, that was the point too, where I got up, kind of like moved up from my couch and was sitting up, and really like, "Oh my God, is this what we've been waiting for?" Yeah, my, my wife and I were both sat there open mouths. <laughs> my God, <laughs> the episode uh, title was. The episode title was the big one, and, and and at that moment in the episode, I thought, is this what it's referring to? This this is the big oh. one. <laughs> this is the one where Deb <laughs> finds out. Because usually there's some tie-in, isn't there, with the episode title? Um, and just for a moment, I thought, is this it? Sorry, Matt, you you were going to say something. I my my only thing was that I I for some reason I don't and maybe it was because I had sort of had the uh, the foreshadowing before when when she came into that room. The first thing I thought was, you know, oh my God, she's going to walk in. They're going to be, you know cutting him up or, or whatever they were doing where she can see him. And then when the sheet thing happened and I realized that she couldn't see him, I turned to my wife and I said, she's going to let him go. Uh, and I, but I didn't think that she would be letting him go with the body and just clearing out to <laughs> take off with the body. That, that I didn't see coming at all. But I said, she's going to let him go. And my wife's just telling me, no, it's not going to happen. And I said, just, you know, there's enough vigilante talk. But the one thing I thought was maybe that she was going to tell him to go and they would sort of run to the side or, or away from that sheet or what have you, and, and then maybe she would catch a side glimpse of him or something like that, some sort of reveal that way um, without actually pulling the sheet back and going, aha. But, but I did not see the whole, I'm going to clear out of here for an hour and you know get what you've got to get done kind of thing. I didn't see that coming. No, it was it was it was a it was a good moment, and it was it was one that I I just didn't know what was going to happen, uh, and and I like that in a in a TV show. I mean, quite often you can when Dex has been in jeopardy before, like in the van with Liddy last week, you knew he was going to get out of it. It was just a question of when and how. But with right. with that scene with Deb, I just didn't know. I thought, is this it? Yeah, I, I couldn't call it. And it's and, and I thought that was great. Close call. Oh, sorry, Gareth. And it's been a season of close calls. I think one of the best shots of the season is when he's dragging that uh, Chad Allen there. He's dragging him, and then Batista, and they're following the blood trail at the crime scene at the warehouse. Oh, that yeah. was one of the best shots of the season when he's oh, dragging him. Oh, <laughs> when, so the, when, the guy was, when the guy was tied up in plastic and he was running, he could <laughs> yeah. if, he just got, if he just got past that one corner, he was going to be in full view. 
And it was just that that back and forth of the camera. I thought that was so good. Oh, that was that was that was me on my hands on the couch, like, oh, it, it's so close. It's so close. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then it's Jack Dexter's dragging him back. He's he's throttling him to death with the plastic, isn't he? Yeah. That was all uh, that was a really good that was a really good scene. That whole episode that's the was really point good. Of the season. Yeah, that's where there was a string of episodes this season that I was just like, yes, this the Dexter I love, you know. Yeah. The show is just oh, I was just loving it and loving it. And you know, it just there's some great moments this season uh, you know, it, 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 even though you know the finale was a little disappointing and whatnot, but all in all, I, I just I did really enjoy this season. I was a little disturbed with Aster being like eleven or twelve and being in full makeup and drinking, and <laughs> like I'm like, oh yeah. my god, Aster! <laughs> but it made sense of what she was going through. I mean, gosh, her mom was killed. I mean, yeah. how can you blame the young girl? And uh, you know, them her coming around and what Dexter did for her and her friend. I think that that forever will give them a bond and she's starting to really come around with Dexter um, and, and I think that's important but I just don't know how, how can Dexter lead this life with having to take care of kids I mean he's going to slip eventually well, right? And I, think that, I think that was the whole thing that we thought going into this season we were going to get that was the yeah. exact question that all of us asked ourselves a year ago and really got the sort of delayed reaction to that was that what is what are they what's he gonna do raising kids without Rita and now it's sort of come back that way a little bit looks like you know the thing with the thing that and we talked before about dropped plot points the thing with her grandparents which I can only assume and I've had to think about this a couple of times I can only assume that those those grandparents that she was with were her dad's parents because yes. you know if you, if you recall you know that her her mother's or, yeah, Rita's parents or mother when yeah, she was no. down. That was a whole different episode. It was like, I remember kept thinking to myself, boy, if, if your child dies and leaves children, why isn't she part of this picture? And, and, and the fact that she's not, I was kind of confused for a long time. Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, these are the questions we've asked ourselves for the last year and, and didn't get an answer all this year, really, you know, because they were pretty much out of the picture by episode two or three. Um, you know, I, I think that that's, that's a great question going forward next year. Maybe they'll actually tackle it next year is, how does he raise a little boy, uh, you know, too young, you know, teenage almost in both cases, children, and still be some sort of a killer? And that's going to be tough to do. And and I think that is a is a much better story from my point of view than a lot of the ones that they told with them just leaving and him having to go through the distress of them leaving, but then it's kind of forgotten about for, you know, four or five episodes until after shows up. You know. Yeah, and what do you guys think about? The uh, the nanny, if you will. I thought I thought she was gonna. My crackpot theory was she was like the mother of someone Dexter killed, or so. You know, I thought it was gonna be something crazy. Like, uh, what's the character in uh, was it season two that he goes to Europe or whatever and kills his Lila. sponsor? Lila. Yeah. yeah, I thought maybe that was her mother or something, and maybe you know, and and it just there's something about her I didn't trust, but maybe that's something in the future, but she just, I don't know. I wanted, I I thought something more was going to happen, but maybe that's something they're developing because I still don't trust her just yet. I think the show does really, the show does really good is it makes you not trust a lot of people. I I know. I I spent (laughs) weeks and weeks and weeks thinking, 
oh, Dexter's going to kill Rita. You watch, he's going to kill Rita or, or whatever it was when she had her fit about him having to go to rehab when he didn't really need to go to rehab. I thought, you know, oh, he, maybe he'll kill her. Maybe he'll find out that she did something bad or he'll fit in the code or whatever. And the, the show instantly makes you sort of ask second and third questions about people that are just probably normal, just, just a normal nanny. You know? yeah, but yeah. You're, you're looking for the angle, and I, I was guilty of that too. I was thinking British accent, you know, sounds like she comes from a certain part of England like Lila did. Maybe yeah. maybe she has that Welsh accent. I'm not really sure. Gareth, you would know this accent better than I she, would. She's, she's Irish. Yeah, she's Irish. Okay. She's Irish, okay. yeah. yeah. It's all part of the UK. I lose my spot. <laughs> but, uh, but I remember I thought the same thing. When she first walked in and said hello, I thought, long dark hair, accent, that's Lila's mom. But then I, but then I agree, and then nothing happened. So I was like, okay, I was obviously wrong in that case. But you're yeah. always expecting you're always expecting something more than you get just because the show sort of teaches you to be that way. Yeah, that's that's a good theory, and I I frequently well I long held the uh, theory that um, that she would have a bigger part to play than simply looking after Harrison, uh, the actress who played Sonia the nanny. She'd been in quite a few things, including the the TV series The Tudors, so she was certainly an established actress, and I thought. They wouldn't recruit uh, someone like that just to be a bit part. Um, mm. But that's, that seems to be all she was. She was just a plot device. Um, just just a, a little spanner in the works now and again to uh, remind Dexter that he's got responsibilities at home, much in the way that Rita did for, for a time. Uh, yeah, so and I was wrong on that one. And that, yeah, that's part of the problem, especially lately or the last several seasons, and at least with American television, you get guest stars, and they're kind of big names. Or if you, you know, like, perfect example, this season, uh, the brother from that show Jericho has been popping up on, like, Law & Order LA, Criminal Minds, everything, and he's always the killer. And it's like, <laughs> God, it's like, really? You know, and, and that's what I'm hating about American network television right now is – they hire these great actors, to, but you almost know they're going to probably be the killer in these cop shows. It's like, do you think we not watch other shows? It's like, it's ridiculous, and it's just, it's frustrating because you get a recognizable face, and you're like, oh, they can't be just a small part, you know? So we're in Dexter, it actually worked. You're thinking, oh, okay, this is an established actor and whatnot, and then yet it didn't happen. But it's just it's so frustrating, and it's and I guess if you it, you got to be lucky not to watch a certain show in order to not know a certain actor. Like if you didn't watch Jericho, you probably wouldn't know this guy too well, you know. So and he and he had facial hair in Jericho, so you know. But because I pretty much watch almost everything, it's <laughs> it, it, I suffer from it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, speaking of guest stars, I did enjoy Peter Weller this season. Oh, I thought fantastic. he was suitably, suitably, well, perfectly cast. It, it was suitably seedy, and you could believe he was a corrupt, corrupt cop who's been round the block and back again. Um, and I thought he played. He really, he really seemed to enjoy it. He really seemed to enjoy being, well, being a you know rotten guy, um, milking Quinn for every every dollar that he could and uh his his cockiness when he had Dexter in the van um obviously seriously underestimating him uh but, but I thought but I, it was... but I like that I like that he still had the the underlying cop sense of morality and that he was going to make that bust 
It wasn't yeah. just because he wanted to get back on the force, but he kept saying, I'm going to make this bust. Either your name's going to be on it or not. You know, because he still had that, even though he was a, he was a shady bastard, he still had that underlying sense of, I've got to make this bust rather than just take this guy out and kill him. And I think it, it kind of gave you a very small glimpse, and it wasn't obviously you know, brought to a lot of attention, but it gave you a very small glimpse of the difference between him and the difference between Dexter, who obviously takes care of his own business his own way. You know, he kept saying it very, very clearly. We're going to make this bust. I'm going to bring this guy in. I'm doing this. You know, because he still had that, even though he was fired, he still had that cop sensibility. So I, I think that I like that quite a bit. Yeah, it was his policeman's instinct there. He uh, right. he'd seen enough to know that there was something sh- something shifty going on between well, and that Dexter and Lou. Is that that brings to their point is that he has to Quinn has to know because you know Liddy called him from the van. I've got your boy. I don't know what the exact verbiage that he used was, but basically, I've got your boy. Uh, you need to come claim him or come get him or whatever he said. You know, so, and then he turns up dead in the very same van that that you know that he told him to meet him at, you know, Quinn has to know that Dexter did it, you know, on yeah. some level, you know, and yeah. that's the thing I think going forward when he says, I owe you one, that, that's going to come back to a conversation and action or what have you in that Quinn knows. And I think that it's, and maybe only one prediction I got right all year long. I said last summer that Quinn and, and, and Deb would get together mm-hmm. and that Quinn would, would, slowly sort of introduce his theories about Dexter to Deb, and she might actually listen because it was coming from the, from the part of somebody who's not uh, a partner. It's coming from a, the, the place of somebody who she's, who she's intimate with, who she loves, and she might actually be willing to listen because it's not just from some, some jackass partner that she was given. And I think that that might be sort of still in the works. Let's put it that way. Definitely. And maybe she'll yeah. stumble onto the pictures of him and Lumen if he keeps him, you know? Right. I mean, how could she right. not go through that? I could just see that happening, her seeing those pic- pictures, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you, you bring you bring up Deb there. She's she's had an interesting season. Uh, I, I, I've talked about her in the podcast saying how she's she's been on fire. She's uh, her detective skills are really, really at the top. She's at the top of her game. She's uh, she's <laughs> called it all the way through. <laughs> she, she gets these hunches. And, and how often is she wrong? Really? Um, yeah. But she she had. Well, she's had some significant moments, isn't she? She uh, she took that guy down in the uh, the nightclub, and uh, obviously that scene with Dexter and Lumen letting them go, obviously not realizing who they were, but um, letting them go, uh, which is a big moment for her as as a cop, and and her her standards and, and morals as uh, you know as, as as a police officer, she's got her own kind of moral code. Um, but she let them go when, as a cop, she really should have taken them in. Um, and uh, I, I thought it interesting, uh, her, her words, talking to Dexter at the end, saying, um, I, I jotted it down, actually. She says something along the lines of, you think you know someone, and then it turns out you don't. You think someone's a good cop, and then they do something. Um, and I thought there, is she referring to herself or Quinn, or both? Um so I thought that was good. And then she says to Quinn about how it doesn't matter what he did. She can't judge anymore. Um, so I thought she's, her character's in an interesting place. And, and maybe that's, yeah. that's made it, put her in a very big gray area. Well, if I you do it once, that, it makes it easier to do again. 
that could also go back to something that she talked about a couple of years ago, which was Harry. You know, you think he's a good cop, and then you find out that he's, you know, he's sleeping with his CAs and he's and he, or CIs, what they're called, and and he's, um, and 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 also at that point, maybe she starts uncovering, you know, memories or, or thoughts of some of the things that that she saw with Dexter when he was younger, like you know that he talked about earlier. Maybe she saw some of his training. Maybe she heard Harry talk about vigilanteism and, and, and what it could be useful for, and, it, and it's sort of all formulating a thought in your head. I mean, we're all guilty of, uh, of sort of carrying on things that our parents taught us. And, and I think that, you know, with that line, when she said that line, the first thing I thought was Harry. When she said, you know, you think you know a good cop, but maybe he's not, or whatever the exact wording was. You know, the first thing I thought was she's so influenced by Harry maybe that she's opening her eyes to some of the things that Harry taught Dexter about while still trying to maintain what she finds of her own moral compass, you know, in that she can't do what, what, what Harry maybe had spoken about, you know, but at the same time she can understand it. And I think that was the first thing that popped out to me when she said that was I thought Harry. That was the first thing I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was that was good. Great. Yeah, Jennifer Carpenter's performance this season has been really good. I mean, she's I really back grown to season on one, me. Yeah, <laughs> that, exactly. Same with me. I think oh. she's um, she's done a really great job, and, and last season as well, she showed some real signs that she's really matured as an actress. There was a scene I remember on the uh, at the waterside last season where she she breaks down in tears. I think she's talking to Dexter about Lundy, and um, I thought then that's uh, you could have almost almost like Wayne's World style flash up a caption at the bottom saying um, Oscar clip. <laughs> but, uh, well, what's yeah, funny... Think... Oh, I'm sorry, Gareth. It's okay. I was just going to say I think she's done a really great job and the character is, is, like you say, really grown on me too. Yeah, you know, and what's funny is there was another Showtime show, and I think I've mentioned this before at some point, called Sleeper Cell. And the first... There was only two seasons of it, but there was a character that was like the the girlfriend, played by uh, Melissa Sage Miller is her name, and she's now on SVU, and I just couldn't stand that character. And I don't know if it was the character or the actress, but I just really couldn't stand it. And then when I started watching Dexter, Jennifer Carpenter reminded me of her. And I'm like, oh, what is this, Showtime? They like the same type of girl and their character and they're putting them in. <laughs> But then, and at, so the first season, I was like, I was lukewarm about it. But then, as I, you get to understand the Deb character, and she just, Jennifer Carpenter just has so much more range uh, as an actress, I started to fall in love with De- the Deb character. I just love her dirty mouth and the way she is, but she is one of my favorites, not counting Dexter. She's probably my favorite character on the show. And I really loved uh, the Lundy in her. That was one of the underrated storylines of the series. I mean, I just loved the the interaction they had, and they just were really good on screen together. And I really, really, it was sad to see that go, but it was good for the show (laughs) to end it. It's funny funny you mentioned the evolution of growing into liking her, and it's kind of funny because, you know, the Rita character is the exact opposite in that we all sort of liked her and empathized with her, understood her, and, supported yep. her in the first season or maybe even two. And then by the end of the fourth season, certainly no one was wanting to see her killed off, but nobody oh. was really sad either, you know? <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yeah, we were some yeah. Twitter. I was when I was rewatching when I was finally watching Dexter and I'm like, mm. Man, I love Julie Benz, but this Rita character is getting on my nerves <laughs> and everyone kinda <laughs> Twitter blew up and is like Yep, yep, <laughs> I agree. And it's too bad because I do like Julie Penn's a lot. And and it's just, I think it got to a point where it was just, there was nothing left for her. And she was, the problem is she's nagging the, the, the our character that we're behind and follow. And we're like, stop nagging him, let him go kill. Just, you know, relax. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so, um, okay get back to uh season five we've not really uh we've not really talked about lumen obviously that oh, was yeah. the that was the big that was the major story arc for the season was was the relationship between lumen and dexter and uh when we talked about casting news for the season julia styles was uh reported as going to be playing a woman who forms a very unique relationship with dexter and boy they weren't wrong were they uh I mean, she, <laughs> <laughs> to say the least yeah. Um, I mean, I, I I thought this season uh, Dexter's grief would be his nemesis, um, and certainly for the first few episodes, that seemed to be the case. He was making some reckless choices, reckless decisions, making some hasty decisions, doing things that perhaps pre-season five Dexter wouldn't have done, um, and I put that down to. Uh, to his his grief and his head's in a bit of a uh his head's all over the place uh he's got mm-hmm. all these emotions going through him and he doesn't know what to do with them um and then lumen came along and and some some of the feedback i got was saying well what's happened to his grief but i think that uh sense of purpose he got from helping lumen i think that helped him focus and uh, in doing so it helped him recover from from the grief um, so I, I think that arc, that emotional arc for Dexter, is, is I think it's possibly the the big success from the season. Um, and and well, if if it if it wasn't for that, uh, this season, well, it, it would have been a, a I think would be saying what a disappointment <laughs> overall it was. But I think that I think the Dexter Lumen, Lumen storyline um, was was so good for me that um, that it, it it lifted the season completely. Um, I, I, what did you guys think, Matt? I I totally agree. I, I think that first of all, I think you know Julia Stiles knocked it out of the park. I, I think Definitely. that you know um, you know when, for for an American baseball term, pardon me. Uh, you know she uh, she uh, you know it's funny. You think back to when you first saw her in in that house, and then when they were in that uh, that swamp with the barrels and stuff like that. And you kind of, she had kind of, you know, as the arc of the show went, she got more comfortable. She they cleaned her up a little bit, you know, all these things that they would naturally do to somebody who wasn't obviously tied to a bed any longer. And it was funny when I saw her in the interview after the fact, and they cut to some of those older scenes. I was shocked at how sort of, uh, you know, how she looked back then. It was, and it really spoke to to me of of the arc of the character itself, and and the things that she went through, and and. From from being that girl with the with the hoodie on and in, in that in that in that little uh, in that little parking lot under the under the bridge where she was hunting down those guys that she had thought had been there, uh, you know that that scared sort of nervous trying to hold that gun, you know with her hands shaking to where to where she got to I thought that was it was a phenomenal arc 
from her point of view. And, and she did some things this season that, that, that just sent chills up my spine. I mean, I, I talked to you about it before, Gareth, when, when she sort of put her index finger in the middle of the guy's forehead and was, and was sort of like not berating him, but, but, but sort of talking to him in a very Dexter fashion that you yeah. see him do on the, on the table three or four times, uh, you know, just, just gave me goosebumps. And, and when she sort of climbed on top of the table to stab that guy, I just, I, it was, it was a little probably too exciting, but, but, you know, to, to see her arc and to see what she went through and, 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 and what she did in the course of, you know, 10 episodes that she was on or whatever it was, was, was phenomenal. I, I thought that, you know, it's, that story gave him a little bit of, uh, it, it gave him a little bit of, of grounding, obviously, and, and made him understand that he could care about somebody truly as opposed to whatever it was that he, that he thought that he should be feeling about Rita because so much of that seemed like, he was feeling what he thought he should have been feeling to convey a character like he had been doing for years rather than actually feeling what he was feeling. Um, and I thought that Luna was great for, for giving him the opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, I thought, I thought she was great. I thought that the whole character arc for her was uh, the revenge plot and then sort of letting it go, you know, was, was phenomenal for her. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought Julia Stiles did a great job, and and her character was fascinating. It's interesting how Dexter latched onto the fact that once he realised that Lumen had had a darkness within her when she expressed this desire for revenge, and he latched onto that, and I think he misjudged her a little bit. And uh, I had a voicemail from Donald last week uh, where he criticised Dexter for. Um, assuming that anybody who goes through such a severe trauma like he did is going to have a dark passenger and become a serial killer or, or become permanently disturbed in some way. Um, and he had his, uh, Dexter had some fears for Harrison for a time uh, and, and he had the same sort of assumption about Lumen. And I did wonder whether when all was said and done, once Jordan was, was done with, would she, would that be it for her? Would she have the closure she needed? Um, or, or would the darkness remain? And uh, she goes skipping off into the uh, into the sunset with Dexter, knives in hand, ready to slaughter somebody else. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, as it turned out, she did have closure, uh, and that caught Dexter by surprise. But you could see he was, um, I think, he was pleased for her, and I think it gave him hope as well. Uh, well, and that goes into I have I have a theory, and I'll let I'll let Heath say his bit. Um, but but um, before I get to the theory, you know, I, I was torn. I asked myself Sunday, what do I want out of the Lumen thing? And, and my question to myself was, do I want a, a crime-fighting duo going forward? And the answer was, was absolutely not. But did I want her to leave? And the answer was no. I, I kind of wanted to see what the next step would be with the kids and with her and how that acclimated itself and how do you come back from that but yet still be – Tied to the to the person that you're with, um, so so I I I, uh, I kind of got neither one of those things actually. So it was kind of weird, <laughs> but uh, but I was curious to see how they would go with her. I did not see her just walking off in the sunset. I didn't see that. That was kind of odd. But um, but I understood it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, um, that that scene in the in the kitchen where she talks to Dexter about. Uh, wanting to leave that that was another great moment from the episode uh, and that was probably the most emotional moment of the episode for me her dark passenger it's vanished 
say something. Please. Anything. Just... Just talk to me. Don't go. You can't. I don't want to. And don't. Stay here. I can't do it anymore. What we've been doing. You don't have to. But you do. Right? We both know that. It's who you are. You're right. We're not the same. I'm so sorry. Don't be. Don't be sorry your darkness is gone. Um, and I did wonder, or you could see he was, he was getting, he was getting emotional, wasn't he? And he was getting choked up. And when he looked down at the plate, just for a moment, I wondered if we were going to get the first Dexter tear hitting the plate. But then, of course, he, <laughs> he did something else. But uh, it, it's, it's interesting how, how he looked confused when she said she couldn't do it anymore, killing people. And, and he looked confused. And uh, I, I was thinking, no, Dexter, you don't have to do it either. Uh, as, as I've talked about in the podcast, he, uh, I, I think he's 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 just a traumatized individual. I, I don't think he's 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 not a psychopath. Um, he's just a traumatized individual that that needs help. Really, um, yeah. I mean, Harry Harry admitted that he misjudged him uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and that was a big moment. Uh, and I think I think Dexter's got some optimism, but then that dark look at the end. I was thinking, mm, <laughs> which way is he going to go? Um, Heath, what what did you make of the uh, the the, law, the Lumen arc? Well, I think you guys pretty much covered it. Uh, I'll just <laughs> say briefly that I really liked it, and I thought it added a lot to the season. And I really liked the part uh, in a few episodes ago when uh, Harrison drops something and he goes, "Mama," <laughs> and Julia Stiles look of like what. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was just a great moment. Um, you know, they both used each other, and when it came down to it, pretty much Dexter needed, that's exactly what he needed to help get over Rita, and it wasn't just about killing, I don't think, for Dexter. It was sharing the experience with someone, I think, helped for that time, and that's what he needed, and of course we know what Lumen needed 
to get revenge and to kind of, uh, and, and at first I was like, man, she really used him. And I'm like, no, you know what? They used each other. And she, she was cool. With, she was like, you know, I can't do this like you. This was like, I needed to get my revenge and do what I, we did, but I can't go on and just kill bad people. And I think they've left open, uh, the Lumen storyline, which is good, because I'm sure she'll be back, even if it's for an episode in the final season or whatever. I, I, I do think we haven't seen the last of Lumen, but yeah, you, Julia Stiles was fantastic this season, and I just really enjoyed it. I mean, we need Dexter to kind of go back to his own, but it was a good break from that, and their relationship, it was, it was just outstanding. I just really enjoyed it, and the and you could see the Lumen character, like, she portrayed a lot of great realism and escalating how she was, like, watching Dexter and was like, oh, my God, you know, when they found out the one guy was part of the whole group and she was telling the truth and she did recognize him and, and then it just escalated down to, you know, the, the, the uh, surveillance video of her putting the knife in the apartment, <laughs> you know, testing out the knife. Yeah. I mean... Just a lot of great things, but yeah. Um, unfortunately, I do have to check out, guys. Um, okay. But but uh, I just want to say uh, it was great. To, thanks for having me on dissecting Dexter and Matt. It was great to talk to you, and there was a lot of great stuff. And this has been oh, it's been great. And uh, keep up the great work. And uh, yeah, we'll have to t definitely. T I'm sure we'll talk about other things, but when Dexter season six is upon us next year, uh, look yeah, forward to talking more. We shall um, reconvene. Well, thanks very much, Heath, for joining us. It was uh, great uh, to have you on again and, and get your insights. Uh, so, uh, just leads me to say thanks again and, uh, have a good Christmas. All right. Thanks guys. You too. Take care. Take, right, take care. You. Cheers. And then there were two. Okay. So, yeah. Um, just to sort of, uh, round off the, the finale really um I, I that that end scene um was was interesting i i like the uh that that last moment with the candle blowing out the candle obviously symbolic of of lumen which uh, i think i mentioned before is is latin for light uh and right. his words his words were um i think his last words were wishes are for children um right. and coupling that with the dark look that he gave the camera I'm thinking, is is he regressing? Is he going to go back to um, the Dexter of old? Because um, to say wishes are for children, it's almost as if to say, you know, hope is for fools. Right. Um, when, when in the right. a moment earlier he seemed to be optimistic. Uh, so. Well, I think that, I don't you, know. you mentioned you mentioned the wedding ring earlier. I think the wedding ring was you know, previous to that. Just a couple of minutes was pre was was a way of him saying. Okay, this chapter's over, um, and I think that you know he. You know, one of the things that I had heard about it, I had read about, or, or you know, heard about, speculated was, you know, Lumen being for light. He blows the candle out. Perhaps that look is symbolic of the fact that he killed her. Uh, that he, you know, these things that happen. I don't. I don't think that's the case. I think the case is is that is that if you notice the look in the knife. And the look in the plate were the exact same. And to my mind, that's, you know, in that moment, in that plate, he realized that the dark passenger that he has could not be let go of. And I agree, I agree with you. He's not, I don't, you know, he's, 
he's somebody who needs help. You know, he's somebody who wants to let go of this dark past. He, he's even said so. I sometimes wish that I could let go of this thing, but I can't. You know, I think that that, that plate that he looked into before he threw it or that bowl that it was, in that moment, he realized that this is what he is. And although one person looked at him for what he was and understood it and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's, it's always going to be this. And this is who I am. So, you know, here we go. And I think that was what the last look was. I think that it was a, it was a very pointedly sort of mercurial look to say, you know, here's the next stage is going to be pretty dark, you know, and I think that that's what's ultimately going to lead to, in my in my thinking, his unraveling is is he's going to embrace the dark passenger even more, and and become almost sort of sloppy because of it, you know, and that might possibly lead to the things that go on from there. Um, you know, it's just my it's just my sort of take on it, but that that look to me was 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 everything that you see in the gleam of his eyes sometimes that you sort of know who's in control and who's not, you know. Because most times he's very calm, he's very cool, and he's very under control. But we've talked about it before. The times when he just sort of lets go and and the the sort of the inner, you know, demon, whatever you want to call it, comes out, uh, I think back to the guy that he had on the pool table, you know, uh, in like season one or season, or season two or it was, when he just, just lashed out at the guy, you know, and, and those are the moments like that, I think, that are, that are housed in that look. That's, that's sort of my take on that. You don't make you feel better about what happened wrong. You can't do one thing to make up for another. That's what Jordan Chase says. But he's wrong because we do that all the time. That is the way the world works. We try to make things right. Even me. Lumen said I gave her her life back, a reversal of my usual role. Well, the fact is she gave me mine back too. And I'm left not with what she took from me, but with what she brought. Eyes that saw me, finally, for who I really am. And this certainty that nothing, nothing is set in stone. Not even darkness. While she was here, she made me think for the briefest moment that I might even have a chance to be human. Make a wish. Make a wish. One, one, two. Make a wish. But wishes, of course, are for children. Three. Yeah, that was. It was like we were staring directly into the eyes of the dark passenger there. Right. Um, right. And and. I guess this sort of leads us nicely into speculating what might happen next season. Now we know, of course, that there is going to be a next season. Um, okay. Well, I, I, where can they go from here? We've, we've had five seasons. I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a way glad that we're going to get more Dexter, but at the same time, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, I don't want him to outstay his, his welcome. I don't want them to run out right. of ideas and, and string it out unnecessarily. Um, right. But clearly, that there's there's more of the story to be told, and the only, and the big the only chunk... thing I can go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that the, the big chunk, really, for me, is 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 with Deb and her finding right. out. 
uh, and the repercussions of that. That's that's the big thing still to be explored. Um, so hopefully they'll they'll get to that next season because it's about time. Well, I mean that that's the only really unfinished bit of business left. You know, my friends who who sort of I have friends who don't watch Dexter and who don't like Dexter and and don't know about Dexter and they always sort of make fun of me like you know oh what what serial killers in Miami this time or, or what have you I mean there's only so many <laughs> serial killers that can come to a city um, yeah. or or be in a city at a given time so so I, I think that that's the one obviously white elephant in the room uh, my thinking is that if you really want to get next year kicked off in a big way that somebody in the in the homicide department like where it's a Batista you know Quinn whatever has to find out sort of who he is or what he is. Um, and then where you go from that, I think, is, is obviously the, is, is a different step. But I, I think you have to – you can't just sort of assume that everybody lives in the dark forever. And if you're going to get to that big story, which is obviously dead, you know, you have to sort of take a step that way, which we just saw. We saw a piece of that. We saw that she's willing to accept somebody who embodies what he is but there's got to be a, another sort of step taken that, that tells you which way you're going. And and I think that, you know, to me, that's what has to happen next. I mean, there's, there's you know, 12 hours of television to be left to be played out <laughs> in season six if there's not season seven. Uh, and I agree with what you said last month or last week on the podcast. You know, if, if there's a seven, someone's getting paid, and, and Showtime may not want to, Again, at that point, you've done six seasons of a show that, that frankly, might be pushing its shelf life at that point. So, you know, my guess is, my my guess going in is that next year is very probably the last year. So you sort of know where you want to end up. You know, is it Deb finding out and Deb shooting him or, you know, Dexter finding out and Dexter doing something rash or Deb killing herself or who knows? I've heard a million theories. So you sort of know where your end game is. If that's next December, how do we get there from here? And I think that you've got to take a step forward toward Deb knowing, you know, somewhat soon, yeah. you know, first episode, you know, end of the first episode, something like that. That's just got to be what I see going forward. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of my predictions for, or my prediction for how this series will eventually conclude is, is with a, a, a bit of a standoff between Deb and Dexter, uh, where Deb's got a, a gun on him and uh, she's faced with a choice. Um, and that she ends up killing him um, mm. in order to save him from the truth coming out. She'll find out the truth about him, um, but will protect him ultimately from being from it all going public and the kids finding out, and, and maybe they'll make it that he's, he's killed in the line of duty. Um, but she'll be the one to, to do it, but for the reason of often, ultimately protecting him. I've often thought that that same line of, of defense, you know, she... She she catches him, you know, in a kill room or what have you and, and, and winds up, you know, shooting him and he dies and she has to dump his body. Not not cut up, but <laughs> but in in the same realm. She protects him by crafting a narrative and where she dumps him off the boat, you know, because at that point she's figured out what his MO is, it's figured out how he does stuff. And and she figures the only fitting way to do this is to is to dump him off the boat. Um you know, into the into the Atlantic or whatever. Because I agree, at, at the end of the game, I think that he dies. I think that she protects his legacy, as it were. I, I agree with that. So if that's, you know, and, and if the producers are thinking the same thing or if the writers are thinking the same thing, 
you know, the question is how do you get to that room and that point and that and that standoff? And and yeah. you know, you've seen the seed that she's calm with stuff and she's she sort of allows stuff, but at the same time she doesn't know who's behind the curtain, so to speak, like the Wizard of Oz. So, you know, yeah. you have to figure out how to breach that gap and I think that, that it's gotta start happening quickly. You know, it's it's I, I, yeah. I, I I'm I'm fearful of it being dragged out and then it's like, <laughs> Oh crap, we got four episodes left. Uh uh, Dexter walks in on him. Dexter walks in on her. She walks in on Dexter. That's my only fear is that it becomes a rushed job. You know. Yeah, so. well, hopefully they'll they'll learn from the end of this season that clearly they had to draft in outside help, uh, and and that that must have that must have hurt them a little bit in terms of their professional pride. Uh, hopefully curious. they'll learn from that. I know it's the same credit that you did that same time, and I thought that's that's different because I'd never seen it yeah. before, and I don't know if I. If I had just never seen it before, if I had never paid attention before, but I saw the same thing you did, and I wondered, and I'd be curious to go back, and I haven't done any research. I'd be curious to go back and see if at any point in the series it's ever been split like that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, don't I want to be true enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do keep an eye out for for those credits because I, I mentioned them in the podcast, uh, and and in my rewatch podcast as well, I I credit the writer and director, um, so. I, you know, maybe as as we go through, we'll, we'll come across others. Um, but it's the first time that I'm aware of. Um, I right. mean, professionally, it must it must hurt the uh, it must hurt the, the the regular writers that they had to do that. But as I say, hopefully they'll learn from it and um, we'll plan better for this se- this next season and and not have to have to rush things towards the end and and drop certain plot lines or characters uh, and leave them hanging as, as we've talked about. Um, well, and to be and to be fair, you know, last year between between the end of the Trandy season and this year, to be fair, there was there was a certain degree of upheaval with the producers. I I, I read about yeah. before, you know. At the same time, Michael C. Hall had cancer, and and you know, realistically, that that obviously is a much bigger deal than a TV show, and that has to that has to give the producers sort of an odd way to proceed. Because you don't know what he's capable of, you don't know, you know, what's going to work and what's not going to work. So you kind of have to, to to write your season around your star, who may or may not be physically, um, you know, up to doing things or not doing things or what have you. It, it does kind of create some tension. I guess in that yeah. vein, I'm willing to start. And, and, and let's not let's not kid ourselves. If there's also, you know marriage problems between the star and, and, and the co-star, you know, I, I'm willing to give the season sort of a mulligan and say, hey, it was good for what it was, but there was a lot of outside factors, you know, maybe affecting that. And that, that's just, you know, one theory. Yeah. So I guess we'll yeah. see. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've, um, I think we've we've covered the season pretty well. I I, I don't know if you want to uh, give any thoughts on the how you feel about the season as a whole now, just by way of conclusion. Um, I think that, like you and I have talked about before, it, it always has that way of sort of at the end um, washing away the sins of the middle. Let's put it that way. And, and and by the time you get to the end of the race, you're like, oh, it was it was it was it was a good season. And 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 uh, it, it it probably, to be honest with you, probably was 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 my least favorite season. But that's not really saying anything bad against it. To be honest with you, I, I just um, the, the the slow parts just just really sort of were slow to me. The the high points were great. I, I again I thought Johnny Lee Miller was was fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I don't mean to sort of belittle it and say that it was the worst season of Dexter. I think that's saying you're the worst season of Dexter is like saying you're the best season of ninety five percent of the shows. 
you know, out there. So, <laughs> yeah. Look, let's put it in context. But, but I think it was a good season. I don't think it was a great season. I think there was there was things that I absolutely liked, and there was things that I could kind of do without. But, but you know, it's all a lesson learned. And I think that, you know, we we've talked before. We we love that sort of um, that darker side of Dexter. And Heath and I were discussing that before before the call. You know, we 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 love that sort of darkness of Dexter, and we almost feel bad for reveling in it. And I think that. If nothing else, that that look at the end of the episode sort of gave me hope, or perhaps misplaced hope that I shouldn't be thinking that way, but hope in terms of things to come. I think there is a there is a darker chapter to be written yet, though. So that's that's exciting to me. Yeah, yeah, good, good thoughts. Well, um, we've been going how long? We've we been going about an hour and three quarters, I think. So uh, I think uh, we'll uh, think about our listeners and. Um, <laughs> Give them a break. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but I think we've, I think we've, uh, we've done the season justice, and especially the finale. Um, so what, what I think I'll do, um, we'll bring an end to the discussion, uh, and, and what I'll do, I'll get this podcast up, and uh, and do a separate feedback episode because we've got a, a lot to go through there. Um, sure. So. For those listeners uh, subscribing to the feed, keep an eye out. Um, there'll be another podcast coming uh, in the next few days uh, once I've had a chance to collate all the all the feedback and uh, and go over it and, and record. Um, so that should be along very soon. So for now, Matt, and uh, of course to Heath, uh, who's left us, uh, thanks very much for joining me. Um, it was thank, great to have you, you on. Great to talk to you at last. You, I, I, as I say, I, I appreciate your support of the show over the, over the last, uh, well, it's been nearly a year now. And it, it's good to finally talk to you. Um, so thanks very much for your contribution. Thank and, you very much uh, for having me. I appreciate it. Hopefully uh, speak to you again soon. So uh, from me, Matt and Heath, Thanks very much for listening, guys. It's been a pleasure talking to you. And uh, as I always say, we'll be dissecting some more Dexter very soon. Cheers.